Okay, you ready to get the show on the road, Daniel? Been ready. All right, let's do this. Welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of Movies and Brews, where we talk movies and we drink some brews. I'm Jordan, and sitting across from me here is Daniel. How are you doing today, Daniel? I'm doing better than this guy in the movie today. Oh, yeah. You haven't had one of those days before, one of those weeks? Not like that. Not like that. Not like that. Oh man, well we'll get into it. I'm I'm excited to talk about this one. This is a this movie was something else. Yes, the movie on tap we're talking about today is the new Adam Sandler starring one, Uncut Gems. So sit back, relax, grab a drink, and don't owe a lot of people money. It's not good. Cheers. Cheers. Daniel, you were in charge of bringing a drink this week. What do you got for us? So I grabbed a 22 that I don't think we've ever had. It's called the Defiance Double IPA by Klamath Cal- Basin Brewing. Oh, better. Yeah, is it? Yeah, it try it. Smells good. Smells good, but dang, that's got some kick. A little bit of bite. Oh, not too bad. Mm, okay, all right. No, I like it. Well, thanks for bringing that in. All right, Daniel, well, let's talk about some, well, let's get into some movie news here. We haven't done that in a couple weeks. Uh, yeah, I guess this is the last episode of recording. It's end of the year. Anything that, yeah, news-wise, it's gonna, gonna, what am I trying to say? Is there anything out there news-wise well, at the end of the year? Anything good? Juicy? So first, I'm going to start out with, uh, I guess on Christmas Eve, Ryan Reynolds announced that Deadpool 3 is in development at Marvel Studios. Yes. Sounds like it's still going to be rated R. Yes. Because they said that, like, at this point, they have... Like, people point out, you know, like, Disney wants to have a PG-13 brand, but money talks more than anything to Disney, and they're making money with these rated R Deadpool movies. Well, and they can release it under the Fox division, right? Yeah, should be. So, make a fucking R-rated movie, Disney. Yeah, they had Stuber. Quit being Stuber. I think that bombed, though. Yeah, it was so-so. I liked Stuber. (laughs) I liked it overall. I don't know how much rewatchability it's got. But I did like it overall. Yeah. You know, I'm actually surprised neither one of us got that for Christmas. I thought for sure there'd be one or dad. I was would really get hoping. I was really hoping. I know I got myself. peppermint, which I'd never seen. I still haven't opened. And dad even showed me what's it called? Peppermint. It's like some action movie that came out last year, this year. I don't know. Peppermint. We never saw it. And then dad's like, "If you don't want this one, we have." He showed me the bag of movies that he still had. Oh really? Yeah. That's funny. Nothing really good. Yeah, is that all? What else did you get movie wise? I got a few movies for Christmas. I got Peanut Butter Falcon, which is Peanut awesome. Butter Falcon. I already Great put that movie. on our movie locker. It shows up on Voodoo only right now, though. Oh, really? So, yeah, I got uh, the MI6 collection, all six movies. You're welcome. Amazing. I also got the Steelbook for The Big Lebowski. You're Hell also yeah. welcome. Well, you, you, you had a hand in that? Yeah, he asked me if you had it. So I, I'm like, no, he's only got it on DVD. So, Dad, go. Wanted to get you the steel book, so we got well, you the perfect. Steelbook. I love it. But all right, so yeah, we got some decent movies. I can't wait to watch Peanut Butter Falcon again. Yes, that's a fun one. Uh, so next, I have the Birds of Prey has been confirmed to be rated R. Really? Which I didn't see that coming. I did I, not see that coming either. Uh, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll, I'm like I'll, I'll I was, take an R rated Birds of Prey. Yeah, that's how I'm like that makes it infinitely more interesting to watch. That actually gets me to. a little more excited for it. I know. My excitement level's been kind of medium on that one. But at this time, like, I'm like they haven't announced it. But I'm like, I would love it if Suicide Squad Two was rated R because I would love to see 
what Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, may- maybe they're going to see if this how well this one performs and whether or not they'll allow that to be R. But under James Gunn, I think he can make a really fun, Just, good R-rated Suicide Squad. It's essentially like the first Suicide Squad tried to be Guardians of the Galaxy, and it wasn't. But a James Gunn helm failed miserably. Have you watched videos on that? People comparing the two. Yeah, I know, it's I've pretty hilarious. That. Yeah. So I would be excited if Gar- or uh, not Guardians. Uh, Suicide Squad 2 was rated R with James Gunn at the helm. That'd be a lot of fun. I'm looking. I'm interested in that one of all the DC movies coming out besides Shazam 2. But so that's pretty interesting. I didn't see that coming. And then the last thing that I definitely didn't see coming, but Warner Brothers and the Lego company have parted ways. And now Universal has the rights to make Lego movies. Interesting. Which also means that we're not going to get any continuations of the current, like we're not going to get a Lego movie 3 or a batman movie at least not how we know them which also sucks because i guess i'd taken the same technology and if you could get the creativity of the first lego movie back i'd be curious to see a brand new story altogether, new characters i would different world built out of lego still but a different world altogether. the most likely that i see happening is how the first like the actual official lego movies look like stop motion lego animation like legitly i could feel like they would probably make it look worse and not like as committed uh, they, to the they, stop they got, motion. They got to get uh, Phil and Lord back. They they got to do that. They just have to. I feel like yeah, because they are really, that first one was just amazing. Second one fell a little flat. I still liked it overall, but it still fell a little flat. What well, it's not going to be on my top ten list of the year for sure, unfortunately. Right. But man, that first one was just something special. Yeah, hopefully really they can was. bring that same magic back. Hopefully, I mean, we'll see. Like, we'll see what they come up with. Because the reason they lost the that or well, Warner Brothers, like they ended the partnership, was because of the diminishing returns of Lego movies. So you know, give it a few years, maybe come up with a really cool idea. Hopefully, and hopefully we get something more. But if not, I actually I've noticed uh, in the last week a lot of Lego Two movie sets are on clearance. Oh, maybe that's part of it. I already well, besides Brick Apocalypse, I have the two that I wanted. Right, I still want Brick Apocalypse, and I'd love to have um rex's fish ship oh yeah that'd be a sweet set but there's just so much other stuff i want though still like i still want the flintstone set for crying out loud and steamboat willie and steamboat willie yeah so that's pretty much at least i got the uh you said awesome saturn 5 over there yeah you do yeah but yeah that's pretty much all i got for movie news this week which I'm, i'm excited to see more deadpool all right well why don't we move on to other things we've seen this week I've got, oh gosh, I just have the one. Oh, I got two. I got two. Uh, I only watched my assigned movie. I was pretty busy this week. So I only have the one. That's okay. Uh, I guess I'll start. Wait, did we talk about this last week? I don't remember now. I saw in theaters for the first time ever, a one, It's a Wonderful Life. Did we talk about that last week? I think so. Oh, well, then I only got one, too, then. Okay, well, then you I can I got my start. assigned movie as well. I watched Daniel Assigned Me, Atomic Blonde, starring Charlize Theron and James McAvoy. Directed by same guy that did, I'm drawing a blank to his name, David something. Same guy that did John Wick, Chapter One. Okay. I want to say David Fincher, but it's not David Fincher. No, but he's the most David. <laughs> he's the most famous David. Most famous David, director wise in Hollywood. <laughs> but yeah, so overall, I got to say. I never saw this a couple years ago. It was about what I expected. Um, I got to say, I think when I watched it this afternoon, I don't think I was in the mood for that type of movie because I was kind of into it. 
kind of not. Just kind of like, meh. But overall, pretty entertaining. You got that one scene, that stairwell. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> that was good stuff. Of course, great soundtrack. Very 80s. Uh, and yeah, I don't remember this taking place in the 80s. So I thought it was taking place in modern time when they had trailers for it two years ago. Yeah, 80s Berlin. But yeah, it takes place in 80s Berlin. That I did not know. So that made it interesting, kind of just going somewhere completely different. But yeah, I I, I don't know. Kind of a little bit complex story. I mean, she's like, am I six agent? No, wait, no, she's American agent. No, wait, no, she's this. So yeah, Double agent, double agent, double cross. Yeah, it's kind of like all over the place. I actually had to go watch a video afterwards to kind of just like, line everything up yeah <laughs> i was like okay it makes sense. i mean overall i thought this was a pretty good movie i don't think it was great but it was good it was entertaining maybe upon rewatch i'll like it more i'm surprised now imagine watching that lesbian scene with your dad right next to you oh gosh that was very awkward <laughs> i was just like i had heard about it and then like they kiss for a second and then she walks away like oh okay that wasn't that bad and then she came back and i'm like oh god well, then, I just like then just they don't up in the room over. together. I mean, don't look at. I but, just was like, don't just look forward. I, again, I wasn't in the forward. mood for this kind of movie, but I did enjoy myself. The sexiness that is Charlize Theron, I enjoyed that quite a bit. And like, some the fight choreography in this is really good. There's some good fight scenes. Yeah, I mean, overall, I enjoyed it, but I just wasn't like as amazing as some people made it out to be. But maybe upon rewatch, I like it more. But yes, so Atomic blonde and are they gonna did this one not make a bunch of money at the box office it didn't I, do super I don't, well i haven't heard tr- anything about a second one being in development i know i'm like i'd be kind of interested in making a french like like a new one but i would just think they, they could clean it up a little bit streamline it a little bit more but i think there's a lot of potential like to that being a series i, th- I think it could be as long as you take your time with each one and this is like 80 spy thriller hell yeah yeah, but we're already at 89, though, so hopefully maybe yeah. they go backwards a little bit. Backwards. You could do a prequel, but you could you could do a lot of stuff. Yeah, I, I don't know, because I, I did like the put, took place in the 80s, but yeah, if they're going to have sequels and stuff, i kind of surprised they started in 89. Well, uh, that's when the books start. It's based off of, like a graphic novel. Oh, then the books start. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense then. I don't know. Overall, not too shabby. Daniel, what did you see this week? So I saw Days of Thunder. Nice. And... Well, I watched Days of Thunder and I watched the Shelby doc. I forgot I watched the Shelby doc. We were talking about that. Oh, that's right. You were assigned Days of Thunder two weeks ago. Yeah, because I didn't have time. That's right. So you got a couple movies. So uh, Days of Thunder. Some race car stuff in the last couple months. I did not care for this movie at all. No. This is like the 80s action tropes were heavy and it wasn't done well. Like, there was just like, I was, when I was watching, I was like, these are, this is just like, it got 80s all over it's like tom cruise it's like oh who's the new guy immediately drives onto the track with his motorcycle like i'm the new guy <laughs> and it just it was top gun on, on the track kind of but not as fun as top gun <laughs> like it just seemed a little like a silly and dumb i guess i don't know like i didn't love it i mean i didn't hate it but i was like very aware of like how kind of lame it was <laughs> Like, I don't know. Was this actually cool when it came out? I think it was kind of big at its time. Uh, I've only seen it once ever. I remember thinking it was fine. I don't remember not being in love with it, but... Um, I don't um, know. Like, it's just... I don't know. It's been a long time since I've seen it. But yeah, you got... I mean, it's got a great cast, though. You got Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman, I Robert really Duvall. I was surprised how many people kept showing up that I'm like, oh my God, like, all these people that I recognize just keep showing Wesley up. Wesley shows up from Princess Bride. Oh, yeah. I mean... Yeah, John Robert, C. Riley is in it. 
super young John C. Riley. Yeah, John. I'm like, is that John C. Riley? When Michael Roker came up, I'm like, I saw, I'm like, I recognize that guy. So I just looked it up because it was bothering me, and I'm like, oh, you hardly ever see uh, Michael Roker with like playing a character that has hair. <laughs> so I was just like, who is that? Oh, uh, what's his name from Guardians? Yeah. Slash Yondu. the guy from uh, Walking Dead. And Walking Dead. Yeah. Gosh, yeah, I guess it's been a while since I've seen this. I remember at the time, I was probably like 20 when I saw this movie, and I remember being entertained by it. I haven't seen it since. I was just kind of keeping you in the realm of like Tom Cruise stuff. We're about to move into the 90s, though, with Tom Cruise, as far as you getting assigned Tom Cruise movies. Yeah, so I'd got to say but, it probably so, won't hold up when you rewatch it. Overall, he, I mean, to this point, he's had a pretty steady career for the most part. You got your risky business, your color money, you got your Top Gun, your Rain Man. I mean, all great movies. And you got a couple stinkers in there. I would say this one is, I don't know about a stinker, but just okay. And then, I would rather watch this than Mission Impossible 2. Would you? No, actually, probably not. I, Mission Impossible 2 well, is then the you worst got, Mission Impossible. But. And then you got, I don't know if I'll sign you this or not, Cocktail, which was one of his other kind of movies. I mean, you always have a But then he follows this up with, you got The Firm, and then you got A Few Good Men, both great movies. Yeah. So I'm like, if this is your worst movie, then you're doing fine. Like it was, it's like it's watchable. It's not like horrible, but it's just like when I, I guess, like in retrospect, looking back, I'm like, oh man, this has got like all the '80s action movie tropes. Like it's just summed up the '80s in one movie because it's, I think this came out in 1990. Yeah, it's like underdog. He's like, oh, he has potential. Oh, he needs to refine it. Oh, I, you know, it just wraps all of those cliches up. Was did he have cockiness in his character? Like, oh yeah, yeah. He was cocky when he first shows up. Gets humbled immediately. You know, cold criminal do that to you. That was before that. Oh, before that. Okay. Yeah, and that whole thing was just because it has been a while since I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, that's where they first met, though. Yeah, that's where those two met, started dating, got married. I think they're married for a decade. Damn. So yeah, they're they're basically the '90s couple: Tom Cruise, Nicole Kim. I mean, I definitely can see that. I don't know. So like, I didn't love this movie. It wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen. Thank God. Then they got replaced with Brad and Jennifer. Yep. Okay. Well. And then you saw another movie that had to do with racing as well? Yeah, Shelby American Documentary. Awesome. How was that? That was way better. So I actually texted you after I'd finished this. I'm like, okay, like, seriously, like, watching the 24-hour war, then Shelby American, and then watching Ford versus Ferrari, like, that's awesome. Like, I would still, like, watching Shelby American, which essentially is still about, well, Shelby and building, like, the Cobras and building, uh, I forgot what else what it led into but like we're i think he worked on the ford gts too Mm -hmm. but like it's essentially like uh the american side of like the 24-hour war because it did the 24-hour war focuses more i feel like more on ferrari and but still like has the american against the european like pissing contest in 24-hour but i feel like the order to watch is 24-hour war is a good overview of why the uh, 20, 24 hours of Le Mans is like really important and really big in racing. Mm-hmm. And then watching uh, sh- the Shelby doc, like it kind of gives you a more focused view of like the, Amer- like the American side of it. Well, cause yeah, didn't he, when he came over from Texas, did he? Yeah. Moved over from Texas to Venice to California. Cause that's where all the hot rodders were. Yep. Moved over there and started setting up shop. Yep. And so and now, they a little a, bit of a story, not much, but a little. I, mean, I, I haven't watched this talk yet, but I'm very curious to see it. Well, they have a lot of the same guests uh, that they're interviewing from the Shelby from 24 Hour War 
in the Shelby Dock too. Oh, awesome! So it overlaps very well. Like I'd say, Twenty Four Hour War, then Shelby Dock, and then Ford versus Ferrari. It's just like that's how, if you rewatch any. I, that's how I'd rewatch it. So now I've just got to watch Ford versus Ferrari. Again. Yeah, I'd like to rewatch Twenty Four Hour War, then watch Shelby again, and then and then watch frick, it freaking con- buying. Ford v. Ferrari when that comes out. Yeah. I know. It's still in that's, theaters. That's, that's I'm a must keep thinking about pl- going to see it one more oh, time. Oh, yeah. It, it hasn't gone to second runs yet. When it goes to second runs, I might go see the third time. Yeah. But no, seriously, like Shelby American, very cool. About another long, like two, over two hour documentary, but it's it flies by. It's really cool. Awesome. Well, yes, I will check that out. And yeah, both of those are streaming on Netflix right now. So check them out. And what I like about all these movies, too is you don't have to be into cars or racing to appreciate them. No, I'm not into either of those things. And these are just really well-made documentaries. They're really interesting. I'm The thing that gets me in is like history and like little niche histories. And this mm-hmm. is one of those. Cool. Yeah, there's another one out there um, called Uppity that's supposed to be very interesting. Also, but another race driver. So, yeah. And there's, I think there's another one, too, about the... I think it's called Winning, which is the... Racing Life of Paul Newman, which a lot of people don't know, Paul Newman was a race driver as well. He, you know, we all know him as Paul Newman, the actor on the big screen, but he did did a lot of racing behind the scenes. He loved racing. It was almost like he did movies to make money so he could go racing. Right. And so, yeah, there's a couple of other documentaries out there. If you like these two, check them out. Oh, yeah. For sure. Definitely check it out. It's awesome. Okay. Well, um, I guess why don't we... Start talking about our main movie on tap this week, Daniel. Let's get into some uncut gems. Here we go. Yeah, uncut gems, starring Adam Sandler. And other people. Uncut Gems, written and directed by the Softy Brothers. Safty? I think that's how you say their name. S A F D I E. Safty. Benny and Josh Safty. They did a movie that came out a couple years ago uh, with Robert Pattison called Good Times, which I'm very interested to see now. Now that I've seen Uncut Gems, I'm very interested to go back and watch this movie. Okay. People have said Robert Pattinson does a superb job in this as far as you know his acting goes, okay. which is good because you know this guy's going to be Batman, so I want to hear some good stuff about him being a good actor. And I also heard The Lighthouse was very good, and that came out this like yes, a month I have or so yet ago. to see that. I actually that's playing at a second run theater near here. I think I might just have to go see that maybe tonight even. But yes, starring an Adam Sandler, Julia Fox is introduced in this. Kevin Garnett, who I don't know if you know, NBA star. Yeah, The Weeknd. <laughs> And Dina Menzel, who we all know her as Elsa's voice. Oh, really? Frozen. Yep. I didn't know that. Lakeith Stanfield, which I thought he was awesome in this. And uh, Eric uh, Bogosian. So, yeah, there's probably the main main list. There's a whole bunch of char- actors and characters in this, but those are probably the main ones. Yeah. Um, so, Daniel, going in, what was your kind of thoughts going into this? Before you give your overall overview, what was kind of your going into this? Well, going in, like, this isn't something I was super excited about. Uh, I mean, the trailer looked interesting. Uh, but, you know, it's just not one of those things I was, like, super looking forward to. But it, like, looked interesting enough. I'm like, okay, like, this looks to be cool. And I know Adam Sandler can act. I forget what that uh, movie was that he made with. Um, now I can't think of his name. The guy who plays War Machine. I'm talking about um, Punk Strunk's Punk Punch 
Drunk Love? No, it was before that. It was when he was Rain like, Over Me or something? Yeah, Rain Over Me. Like, Rain that's when me. I first, I'm like, oh, you know, like, Adam Sandler can do actual serious acting. That's just not what he's known for. But, so I wasn't questioning that he could do that. But going into this, I'm like, okay, we'll, we'll see what happens. This could be interesting. I heard a lot of buzz coming out about it. So I'm like, okay, it got me a little bit more excited until we actually finally saw it. I'm like, okay, like, this is, this is really cool. Like, or not, I don't know about cool. It was, it was interesting. I, I enjoyed my time in the theater, I guess, is how I can sum it up briefly. Okay, yeah, because about a month ago, I didn't know anything about this. I think it was when I saw Honey Boy that I saw a trailer for this, and I was right. like, whoa, what is this? Yeah. Adam Sandler in a more serious role, you know, not as like typical Adam Sandler as we've known in the last 20 years of being goofy. And not made by Madison Productions. Yeah, or Netflix straight to. Right. <laughs> and anyway, I was like, yeah, what is this? And then I'm like, oh, that looks pretty interesting. And then I started hearing this like buzz around the movie a little bit. And I'm like, well, I might have to go check this out. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. And then I saw it and I was just like, whoa. This, yeah. is, this is pretty crazy. I mean... Yeah, I didn't even know where to start. Like, I, I guess I, I was on the edge of my seat this whole time. Like, we're following this character around, and just nothing's going right for him. And you, you kind of have a sympathy. You sympathize with him a little bit because you're like, I, I kind of want this guy to come out on top. I want him to, you know, win. I think overall he doesn't mean harm, but he just dug himself to such a deep hole that I want to see him get out of. Yeah. He seems to be almost like a chronic, like his character is like almost chronic liar and like, like, and like obsessed with gambling mm-hmm. and i didn't think you I, I don't know for some reason i didn't think of him as a gambling addict per se i just thought he was using the gambling to get out of uh some situations like well if i win this and then you know i'll pay these people off but yeah i just i almost got a little confused like okay he owes money over here so he's borrowing over here and over here i kind of got a little lost in that but at the same time but I, I i got that like Okay, you know, the st- he's barely trying to keep his head, you know, he's keeping his head above water and it's, it's barely staying above water. Right. And, but yeah, I gotta say, I was on the edge of my seat this whole movie. Like, I know this movie made me like really like, like I was nervous watching it. I was just like, oh my God, what's gonna happen? But I enjoyed, I don't know, I enjoyed being in this guy's world though for a couple hours. Like, yeah. it was very just, it was just interesting. I mean, the whole thing just kicks off. You know, we, we see the, how the uh, gemstone is found. You know, right. And then, it, how was that? How'd you like that opening? We like, camera goes inside the gym, and we're kind of like going through the gym. Then all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute, are we in like a body or something now? Like, this looks like flesh. Yeah. I'm like, are we in the mouth? <laughs> no, we're in somebody's colon. We're, <laughs> we're in a colon. colon. Yeah, I'm almost thinking, like, are we like, this like, uh, what's going on here? And then, yeah, colon. Are we in the Sarlacc pit or something like that? What's going on? Yeah. And then, like, oh, nope, colon. All right. So, I mean, for, like, people who haven't, like, what's the quick synopsis of the movie? Uh, the quick synopsis, I guess I'll, I'll pull up the MDB one real quick. Oh, I got it pulled up right here. You want uh, me to read it? Go ahead. All right. So, we're going to give you a quick synopsis because we didn't know what this movie was. So, essentially, well, this is the IMDB quick synopsis is the charismatic New York City jeweler, always on the lookout for the next big score, makes a series of high stakes bets that could lead to the windfall of a lifetime. Howard, played by Adam Sandler, must perform a precious, a precarious high wire act, balancing business, family, and encountering ad- adversaries on all sides, and his relentless pursuit of the ultimate win. Thank you. Yes, yeah, sounds about right. I gotta say, let's, start, let's just start with the acting. I thought the acting in this was great. Everybody from Adam Sandler 
to even uh, Kevin Garnett, who is an NBA player. So I, I had to look. This up. I thought this was based off a true story because it takes place specifically in 2012. And I thought it was too. The Kevin Garnett guy, who was an actual NBA player, uh-huh. is highly involved in this movie. So I thought, okay, maybe this must be based on a true story. I guess it's not. Uh, the brothers that wrote this, it was based. I guess their dad is in the jeweler business, and it was kind of based off a character they knew in that business. Oh, really? So, but maybe you know, I don't. I don't follow the NBA that close. Uh, maybe he is retired by now, Garnett, which, you know, he'd be 40-something by now, so maybe he has retired by now. Yeah. So maybe um, he was just the one they could get involved as far as, like, casting goes. So, like, all right, well, this has to take place a few years back so that, yeah, it's realistic with your career. Right. So maybe that's what was up with that. That's crazy. Like, I just assume, like, this had for, like, the specific time period of, like, what, 2012 or something mm-hmm. like that, I'm like, this has to be based on a true story but to know that it was actually like an original idea like based on some real life things but an original idea that's pretty cool yeah i think so uh but yeah he was great in this though like i actually think like as far as like actors playing themselves he did a great job like i think he did better than michael jordan in space jam if i'm honest yeah totally different type of movie but as far as playing yourself goes like i thought he was great and his his interaction with the other people and uh, lakeith uh stanfield who was uh he was the guy from he he was one of the, he was uh, the psychic detective in Knives Out. Oh god, yeah, he was. Yeah, he's that guy and he was also in Sorry to Bother You. Oh man. So I thought he was great in this role. Yeah, as far yeah. as the person that kind of goes out and finds the talent to bring him back here to buy things, you know, goes and finds the client base. Yeah. I loved him. Julia Fox, who we've never seen before. I thought I enjoyed her quite a bit. And not just because she's a fox, but I mean, I really enjoyed watching her. Yeah, she was very convincing. Like in her role, she played it to a T. I thought it was great. Oh, I thought there's so many good parts with her. Uh, we'll get into that here. But yeah, I, I. But Adam Sandler. I mean, this was just different. Like in some ways, it felt like he was playing like a taking the water boy and making it more serious per se ish. For I don't know. I don't know if the water boy is the best character analogy to use. I don't know, but like I maybe for the closest one that he's ever played. Maybe I don't know. But like, yeah, he plays a very down to a very serious, very like high strung person that's just like trying to go, 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 like got too many balls in the air. He doesn't know he can't catch them all, essentially. No, not at all. But I thought he did a great job of this. And I mean, I I didn't get bored watching him and following him around at all. Like, I was on the edge of my seat this whole time. It was a two hour and 15 movie or two hours and 15 minute movie. And I felt like it like went by really fast no this movie doesn't slow down even when it does slow down even a little bit the anxiety is still there yeah which i thought was great like that's one of the things that captured me like i don't know if i'll rewatch this movie a lot but the fact that just like the emotion like like the emotion that i felt while watching was just like i am nervous for this character and i don't know what's well, going to happen well i was happen. too and uh gosh i mean i'm trying to think here I guess the only big spoiler for this movie that we won't get into is the very ending we won't get into that yet right there's a scene though where he goes to an apartment he's got a son with him and gosh was i like kind of i kind of felt the same way i felt when we first go to the farm in once upon a time in hollywood with brad pitt's character yeah you're like what is gonna happen what's gonna happen yes same, i had the exact same, same that feeling. i had the exact same feeling at that exact time too which is great which i love love before that is my son's gonna use the russian marks clock and use yours first guy's like no he just shuts the door he's like oh. slams the door like yeah, no, I, I'm this movie, yeah, act like you said, acting top notch, uh, story 
top notch, even like higher now since it's an original story. Um, Cause yeah, it centers around him like getting an opal uh, from a third world country that he thinks worth like is going to go up for auction for over a million dollars. Yeah, he was bent on that. Yeah, because he has to like essentially like this guy's like what what did he well yeah what did he pay a hundred grand for it hoping to sell it for a million? That's what he pay tell- off some pay off some loan with that pay off some debts. Yeah, it sounded like he needed a million dollars to make a a tidy sum for himself, but also pay off. Sounded like at least a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars worth of debt. Yeah, I mean it's just crazy because you're like you know he's borrowing money from here to pay off these guys, but then borrowing money from here to hold these guys off, borrowing money from here to hold these guys off. Yeah, and hope that you know this thing will sell, and then I'm going to pay. It. Everything will just happen. Everybody gets paid off, and then everything's good. Same time, he's trying to hold his family together. Yeah, which his family for the most part takes a pretty big backseat. Like they show him in a like maybe two like key moments in the movie but you don't really see them for most of it which i thought was fine like it mostly just it shows him like his struggle well and it was arno his brother-in-law is that yeah arno was his brother-in-law because one of i think his dad said that his his sister married arno okay so it's his brother so his brother-in-law is involved with a mob that he owes money to yeah yeah just interesting stuff one of my favorite scenes was the uh school play scene that was great getting like roughed up roughed up well even like beating them up at first and then you thinking he's going to get away and then they catch up to him and yeah then they strip him down naked and throw him in a trunk you're just like whoa which i guess just the just you can see the just and just feel the frustration of the wife when she comes out to like open the trunk and when he she sees him just popping his head up and can tell he's naked she's just just like oh my god i just gotta get the fuck out of this relationship so bad because it it sounds like you know it's christmas time it's the holidays after the holidays they're filing for divorce i i had the i i had the impression that they were already separated because he has his own apartment that the whole family knows about doesn't seem like it's a secret apartment it seems like they're at least separated and i think probably gonna get divorced right i think the wife at this point just knows he's got the gal on the side and the apartment's probably just for that mainly which what what do you think of his and Julia's relationship? Aside from cheating on his wife, I liked I liked them together, and I liked um I liked her a lot. I liked her a lot too, and I just like I kind of love like the contentious like when he's just like you f- like you know pretty early on she like he thinks she she cheats on him or she does I don't really remember exactly what happened but like he thinks she does with the weekend of all things of with the weekend which i love that scene in that club which what so you go back to 2012 this is awesome so this is like when the weekend was first getting started okay. we all know them now we all know their big songs now than the last couple of years but like this is when they think at this time they've got one album out uh, i think they're known at this time for the song high for this what was really cool too is they don't sing that song they sing one of my favorite songs on that album the, the morning song Okay. Which is just, I thought that was just awesome just hearing that being played in the club. Yeah. Watching him sing it live. But yeah, I love their fight though when he's trying to get in the cab and just get rid of her, like get the fuck away from me. And she's just like, no, no. Like that whole interaction there. Yeah. And what I thought was really cool is we didn't have to follow her, but we did for a little bit. Is he finally, after their, you know, back and forth thing, uh, he gets in the cab and goes. And we follow her for a little bit, walking down like, you know, past the people in the club. Yeah, I was actually kind of very surprised, like, because she walks away. She's like, if they, like, have stay on her with the same shot. She's walking back up the sidewalk for quite some time while she's kind of mumbling and being pissed off. And I'm like, I was kind of surprised. Like, I liked it. I just thought it was kind of interesting that you had that break from uh, 
Howard and you followed her. I, I dug that though, just kind of get her like point of view of things and how she's feeling right there and then in that moment. And, like you can, yeah. you can't really hear what people are saying, but like some gal says something to her and she's like, "Oh yeah, is that why you're standing out here in line?" Yeah, I know it was great. And I really like that. And but yeah, I thought whoever this Julia Fox is, I thought she was great in this role at least. Yeah, I mean, like... I don't know if she's here to stay or not, but she was great in this role. Yeah. Um, I love when he scared the shit out of her when he was hiding in the closet. Yeah, that, that was, was funny. hilarious. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. Like, there what any, else that I really liked? What are some scene, maybe a scene or two that stood out to you? Well, okay, like... Cause for me, def- I, definitely the school scene. Def- yeah, definitely the school play scene the school was great. Play. The other scene that really stood out to me... Um, was when he first meets uh, the basketball player, and he's telling like when he first gets the gem, the uncut gem, and he's like going through like wh- like why this is so important, like where this came from, and like he's kind of like dragging him in and getting obsessed with like this thing. He's like, "What the hell are you doing? You're opening fish? What?" Yeah, no, I thought that was great. I thought that like how he's explaining to him like why this is like so crazy, like how he actually got this and how much it's probably worth. But then also very surprised when he's like, but I can't sell it to you. <laughs> I'm just like, wait, why would you bring it out then? And then he even says, like, why would you show this to me? So I kind of like that. And I really like that. The scene when he's, you know, there's, you know, after that big blow up scene where he thinks his like girlfriend's cheating on him with the weekend. Um, when he goes back to his apartment after he said she had to be out by 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. He's doing the walkthrough. I kept thinking, like, is she just going to, like come out and like stab him or something i was or, like someone's gonna be there to well because he goes there music's playing and yeah i'm just waiting like is she gonna jump out of a closet with a gun and like just blow his brains out like what's gonna happen yeah i that's kind of like what i was thinking and it doesn't like, happen he just turns off the music he walks out and walks his son back those, downstairs definitely like high anxiety levels there. yeah it definitely I, was. Think, I think one of my favorite scenes is he, he oh, is this after he was dumped in the fountain and comes back and just nothing's going right. Phones ringing off the hooks. People want to talk to him everywhere at his shop. Yeah. Just, he's just like, Oh my God. Just, he's just, just things left and right happening. And then this one guy, uh, Lakeith's character wants to talk and he basically quits right on the spot. Then he, he I love that part though, where he takes the, uh, was it just wine? Starts dumping it in the fish tank. I, I wasn't sure what that was. I think it was wine. I mean, what else is red like that? It was some kind of alcoholic beverage. Yeah. I, I think it was wine. But yeah, it just starts dumping it in the fish tank. It's like, what are you doing, my fish? What are you killing, my fish? I know. I was kind of surprised <laughs> at how obsessed he, like how upset he was that he was that his fish might die. <laughs> but I thought that was just kind of fun. He's killing his pets. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just I don't know. I really liked everything about this movie. Is there anything in here that you didn't like? Not that I can really think of. So, so it's kind of weird. So, you know, I saw our guy Jeremy John do a review on YouTube. I didn't I, watch his review. I watched his review, and then I'm watching the comments below. So much negativity on the comments section. That's just that's just which is just comments. weird because critics are very high on this one, and yet all these people commenting are so negative, and they're not even like. It's one thing I guess if it's not your cup of tea, but I don't think you could, by any means call this a bad movie. I I, I get it if it's not your cup of tea. It's a little bit frantic, which maybe like throws people a little off. Like, but people are like dogging on it. Like, what a piece of garbage! This movie is trash. Hate it. I'm like, really? Because I I, again, I could be like, you know, like Frozen, not a bad movie. 
But I could see if you're like, nah, it's just not for me. Look, I could see people who don't go see movies often. This is the one night they get to go out, and this is the movie that they see. I could see a little bit of contention there. But since we see a movie every week, that I'm just like, this is just such a a breath of fresh air. A That's nice, what I thought. A nice break that I'm like, it's probably higher on our list because we see a bunch. If you've only seen like a couple movies a year. But, uh, but again, I just didn't, I sat down and enjoy myself. I mean, sure, is it high anxiety, a little stressful per se? Sort of, but... Well, I but think you're, that's where... you're watching this character though, and and again, you want him to win as much as like some things. Just you know, he he lies here and there, but he's really really because overall, I feel like he's just trying to correct everything. But he he just keeps digging this rabbit hole. He just keeps going down, 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 down. Well, that's also kind of funny because I felt like he was more of like a huckster, like more of a scammer than you thought he was. And but he's like, yeah, like he he gets money, but instead of paying off his debts, he he makes a huge bet. Like instead of just like playing it safe. And well, because I, I took his, I took that as more as he wants to earn, make even more money, so he can really for sure pay off his debts. Is the way I look at it. I just look at it as he's dug himself, he's gotten himself into such a big pickle that he just has to keep doing these bets and things just to get all the money to pay everybody off at once and just smooth everything over. Right. And then I don't know. I guess we're going to spoilers here and talk about the ending. Yeah, let's go into spoilers. Let's go into spoilers here. You so, say yeah, if you haven't seen Uncut Gems, I recommend it. Sounds I, like Dana recommends it. I definitely it. recommend it too. Go see it. I think the critics are, are right on this one. It's different. It's good. Anyway, spoilers in five, four, three, two, one. All right. Welcome to Spoiler Talk for Uncut Gems. Okay. So one, I think we kind of put a small spoiler out there, but like the, what's the character's name? Arno. So Arno. like this guy shows up to collect his money and you know, his, he has his goons and this is like who he's trying to get away with or get away from at the school. They catch him, they strip him naked, and they put him in the trunk of his car. And then later, at like a Passover supper, I'm not sure what Jewish holiday they're celebrating. Well, it's, Han- it's Hanukkah related because it's the holidays, right? I right? think I'm not I entirely it, sure. Okay, if, I thought it was Passover. I'm not sure. Oh, maybe it was. But uh, forgive us. We're but, we're. I mean, there was a lot to take in, and this was a small scene. But yeah. then you find out that the guy who had him stripped up, naked, and beat is his brother-in-law. That's just at at dinner too, because they're related. And I just like, oh shit! Like your brother-in-law just doesn't give a shit. He's like, fucking strip you naked to show you teach you a lesson. He Again, this is where like they never even like a scene like this where like the anxiety levels go down. Well, or season where the uh, where the movie slows down a little per se. There's still tension. There's still tension. Yeah. Because you're like, okay, this is a nice reprieve. And then you've like, I'm like, wait, is that? And he says, Arno. I'm like, oh shit. The guy that just stripped you naked. That's. that's Well, I I like the conversation too. And he's like, not so tough without your your goons, are you? Pussy. Yeah. Just. (laughs) I know. I thought that was great. And again, like, it just keeps the tension high, even in like lighter segments with at least some sort of narrative device. Um, Did you know the exterior of, you know, that. The house where his family lives in, not the apartment, but his family lives in. Same exterior house they used for, that's what Freddie Mercury stayed in, in Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, same exterior. Nice, I didn't know. Um, Let's see. All right, so now that we like kind of go over how we kind of spoiled that already, but it's still an interesting moment. But yeah, so... What, like, okay, so he... What is I'm like? What, I guess where are we going from here? So like he. We're we gonna talk about the ending here. Yeah, I think so. so. I mean, they come to collect, and he has them trapped in. Which I love that setup too. 
how his shop has, you have to pass through two doors again in the shop. Like you come into the one little room, door locks behind you, and then they'll unlock the door in front of you to let you into the shop. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. They're freaking out like, where's our money? He's like, you know, the, bet, the game's going. He, he has the girl, you know, go place all the money, which I like. I liked his, how he got the money to her. That was great. He texts her like, go into the shop next door, come out the window. And then yeah, he hands her the money. Right. And that's something instructions on how to place the bet and everything. And this is where I think like it turned out where I feel like he was more of like a gambling addict, like couldn't really compulsive gambler because he has this huge breakdown where it's just like he acts it like he was trying to use one of his family members to jack up the auction price and he ended up bidding too high. So his family member had to pay for it. So he's like, well, I'll figure out a way to pay you back now. And then he gets the basketball player to come back well, and actually it buy more, it from him. Right, and I think that was more of just like, didn't go according to plan because they were trying to get the price up there because he wants as much money as possible to pay off all his loans. Right, and still have some lump sum. Yeah, and didn't go according to plan, so then it's like, shit. Right, but then... Now he, you money. Now, like, what am I going to do? Get? Yeah, get, but he still yeah, kept kept uh, Kevin Garnett, KG. <laughs> yeah, he so, he, to. so Kevin Garnett comes back to purchase it with like $170,000 or something like that. And he gets the money. Which he immediately kind of instead and buy he, a rock. Right. And he calls like Arno and be like, I have the money. We'll be square. And then before it, while honors on his way, he decides, fuck it. I'm going to place a huge sports bet instead of paying off his debts, which makes me, that's when I'm like, okay, he's just addicted to gambling. I guess he's addicted to gambling. But my whole thing is like, he's going to invest all this, but because if he wins, cha-ching and everybody's paid off he's got money left over things can finally start looking up for him is the way i see it right but i'm like i want to call it an investment if you're making a sports bet right i just think like i just think that showed like he like i feel like he but was he's still i think i think for, i think at this point though it was a last ditch effort it's either i raise a shit ton of money and pay everybody off or i'm just fucked i don't know like i said like it seemed it, like it the seemed amount. like a last ditch effort for me but Maybe. But I do like how he gets everybody trapped in that little box, and he's like, "We're gonna watch this game, and you're gonna see your money up here." Basically. I know, which means they're like trapped in that tiny little room for like two hours. Oh, at least yeah, two two and a half hours. You see him, well, you see him like sweating in there and everything. Yeah, you tell they're just pissed. Well, yeah, like I mean, once like the he, I mean, that's how kind of like it folds up. It's like they placed the bet. He won everything that he he bet on. So like the payout of like one hundred seventy five million or one hundred seventy five thousand dollars that he gave, um, his girlfriend, Julia, turns into one point something million dollars, and so he's like, yes, that's enough money for me, enough money to pay off everything. And even his brother in law is just like, oh shit, he did it. Well, I'm getting my money, so he seems happy. He's like, well, fuck, dude, I'm sure he's. I'm sure he was well, like, you, you think, get- all right, he, the game, he won the bet. It's going to get paid. Moolah. You know, the girl's going to collect it, bring it back. Everybody's going to be paid off. Things are looking up now, finally. After all this stress and anxiety, things are going to start looking up. Then he opens the door. And then immediately just gets shot in the head. I did not see that coming. I'm like, all right. They finally, they realize, okay, this sucks that we've been stuck in here. I'm fucking pissed. But at the same time, he won. We're all getting paid. Maybe even a little bonus for being locked in this little box. Perfect. But nope, as soon as he opens the door, pow! Yeah, and even his brother's like, what the fuck did you do? And then they end up shooting Arno, too. Just they, yes, that, too. I was like, oh, That shit. was even more surprising. I could see, like, oh, yeah, this guy's pissed. Like, he wants you dead, and you locked him in a box for two hours. Yeah. 
he doesn't he's not thinking about the money he's thinking i'm gonna fucking shoot you when i'm out of here yeah and they shoot him and then they shoot arno too and then the guys just like the two other guys that were there just bag up all of the jewelry sack the place and just yeah take everything and like take yeah so but the girl's got the money it's like yeah i guess that's i'm so curious though what is what happens to her because at first it's so funny that i love the scenes with her and that rich dude yeah the guy that owned the helicopter that he was hilarious thinking he's gonna get some from the uh julia fox <laughs> i know and she's just like i just need you to hide me for a couple until the game's over i'm sure she gave him some kind of cut but yeah that was just great though i don't know like i, was, I, I doubt it but i was kind of curious like did he get a cut or is he just like so obscenely rich that she was didn't probably bother? Ha- he was probably just happy with the blowjob at that point <laughs> I don't think he even got that. I don't think he got it, but he was probably just thinking like he probably thought I could just get that out of this. He's like, I he invited her to her room, and then to get away from like uh, a couple of Arno's guys, she goes up to his room, and he's like, "All right, well, I'm gonna take a shower," and she's like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever," and she's just turning on the game to figure out like if she's winning or not. That was good stuff. I know, and then she the last thing you see of her is her walking out with like one point odd million dollars with the money. Yeah, he he, because he comes out with the bags of cash, hands it to her in the limo. And she's like, all right, well, bye. Yeah, and then, so you don't even, they don't even show her finding out that Howard's dead. She just immediately seems like, holy shit, Howard and I, we're rich. And I guess then she just takes the money and she's retired at that point or funds a project. I don't know, opens a business. I have no idea. They don't really wrap that up, but I kind of liked it that way. I kind of did too. Yeah. But yeah, because we don't see the reaction of her. We don't see the reaction of the wife and his kids finding out nothing. No, you just see like they have the juxtaposition of like the horror of like he worked, he struggled, he worked his ass off. Even if he's swindling, he's still working his ass off to get that money. He knows he won it. He knows he has like a million dollars now shot immediately. And then it shows the juxtaposition so of like, I have a million dollars now. Like, hell yeah. Like the happiness and like, they're like, hell yeah, we're, we're fucking set. Like, like we won. Everything's going to, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I really want to see this movie again. Like I almost want to go see it like now. Oh my. I, I really want to see this movie again. This is the kind of movie though. You watch with somebody else that's never seen it before and you just enjoy watching them watch it. Yeah. It's that kind of movie. But yes. Um, why don't we wrap this up here? I mean, obviously the biggest surprise for both of us is probably him getting shot at the end there. That's my was my biggest surprise. It was actually I expected that. I didn't expect them to kill Arno. Did not expect that, that. was my biggest surprise. Yeah. Like they killed him. Like that makes sense. But then he killed Arno. I'm like, I thought you were his good. And I thought the score was very interesting in this movie too. Yeah, it was. I like there I were certain like parts of the score that were really cool. Kind of synthy at yeah. times, which I thought was cool. I don't know, but this this was an interesting movie. Um, again, I don't get the hate for it at all. I understand it's not your cup of tea, but I just I do not get the hate for it. Like doesn't, said, doesn't make sense. I understand if you only see a couple movies every once in a while, and this is a movie that you end up seeing. Like I could see how you're like, because people want an escape, and this is a high strung movie. Yeah, I don't know. But if you see movies every week, and you're like, it's all the same. This is definitely is going to be higher up just because it's such a nice break and like well made and great story. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I ever grade this out. I think I give it eight out of ten for sure for entertainment level. Yeah, I think that seems fair. Okay. For the kind of drama it is, eight out of ten for sure. Uh, I give this a solid A though. Like I enjoyed myself start to finish, and it's just great characters, great acting. I, don't know, I liked it quite a bit. So I'm just gonna say I give it a ten out of ten. Like two two hours fifty minutes, 
flew by. Like I always wanted to see what was going to happen next throughout the entire movie until it ended. Then I'm like, holy shit, that was crazy. It's quite a ride, and I never wanted yeah, maybe it to stop. I, uh, maybe eight and a half ish. I, I don't know. I guess I then I think well, what would make it a ten? Yeah, because like, I don't know. There's nothing like there's no drawbacks to this movie in my eyes. And as far as like yeah, I'm just gonna give a solid A plus. Like great movie, great soundtrack. Like the acting was great, the story was great, and the fact that it was original just like bumps it up even Think more. Think Sandler's got himself a nomination. Did he get a Golden Globe nomination? I already forgot the Golden Globe nominations. I don't remember. Did he get one? I forget. So I'm just giving it A plus for me and a ten out of ten, entertainment wise. Like this is a good movie. Or not a good movie. It's a great movie. Good enough to be on your top 10 or 5, whatever we do? It might be. I don't know if I'll cool off a little bit, because I just saw it yesterday. We'll find that. We'll find that. Yeah. That's coming up. All right, why don't we do some gambling here, and we got to wrap this up here soon. Okay. So let's start with, what did we bet on last week? Let me find it. What did we bet on last week? Oh, The New Little Women, I think? Yeah, I don't think I wrote it down. Our guesses? Yeah. Daniel. All right, pause. Okay, so yeah, last week, Jordan and I, we gambled on Little Women. Uh, Jordan guessed 82%. I guessed 85%. And at the time, the movie was at a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's gone down a tiny bit, but only a little, like 93. I don't know. I, I accidentally saw it somewhere, I think, on a commercial. Yeah, they usually like to do that. Yeah, when you're above 90, they like to advertise it. Absolutely. So, now at this time of recording, it is sitting still at a, or it's sitting at a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Cool. And a 93%. Uh, critic re- or uh, sorry, audience re- review. So people are really, really liking this movie. That's good though. I mean, I, I always like that story, and I do want to see this remake. I don't know if I'll get to see it in theaters because I still want to see a good day in the neighborhood or beautiful day in the neighborhood and 1917. Yeah, and Irishman, and so there's a few things I want to see it before it. But I do want to see Ford I versus Ferrari. Do want to see this again? But yeah. So all right. Well, Daniel won. Daniel, you get to sign a movie. Okay, uh, I was gonna sign another documentary because I've seen Empire of Dreams. Is that what it was called on Disney Plus, the Star Wars documentary? We were talking about it last week, and I had seen it because it used to. It was on Disney or it was on Amazon for a while. Yeah, it is called Empire of Dreams: The Story of the Star Wars Trilogy. Because we were talking about this last I'm trying to think if I've seen week because this, this came out two thousand four. Two thousand four. I don't know. I wonder if I've seen this already. I don't know. All I'm saying is like this this documentary. Are you sure you want to sign me um, Marriage Story on Netflix? But I haven't seen Marriage Story. So? I don't know. Jordan, do you want to watch The Marriage Story? Kind of. Well, too bad. Watch it on your own time. Hmm. <laughs> 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 it's either that or Santa Claus 3. Ugh. I've seen it, though. You Really? It's on... I'm- Actually, I think I did see it in theaters. I've never seen the Santa Claus. I think I saw like, all three of them in it theaters. It looked like hot garbage. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest. They kind of, you know, the first one was great, and they kind of went downhill from there. Each one was a little bit worse than the last. Yeah, I don't know. I'd say watch Empire of Dreams. Pretty cool. Another documentary. Where's it streaming? 
On Disney Plus. Disney Plus. All right, fine. I'll watch Empire Dreams. Oh, no. You have to watch this two hours documentary. Oh, no. Well, it's like I made you watch Imagineering, which is so fucking cool. Yeah, I need to go watch more of that. Yeah, I sat down and watched the first episode. I haven't had time, you know, working evenings and everything. And it's, I know that's what felt weird about Atomic Blonde today. Watching it in the middle of the day, just like, ugh, why am I watching a movie? Well, I know. And you know what's kind of funny is our dad, I told you to get him Avengers Endgame because he wanted it. Mm-hmm. Right? And we're like, cool, now I can watch Avengers Endgame. And then, like, yesterday I saw that on Twitter, like, Avengers Endgame on Disney Plus today. And I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> I guess I could watch it anyway. Yep. Either way. But it's always better to own it. I figured it was already on Disney Plus when it launched, but okay. No, it wasn't. They it wasn't just it. added it. All righty. Well, all right. Well, okay. Right, I'll watch that. Let's I've wrap, just been in a documentary. Let's wrap this up here, Daniel. So you said we're still a, two weeks away from... 1917 before it gets yep. a wide release before it's playing near us well, like, what are we gonna do ninth? next week here i really think we should just buckle down and watch some irishman Ugh. get it up the f over with i personally want to just like do our top top 10 or top five like best and worst of the year well i want to do the best and worst of the year and then maybe double down with the like top five to ten that we're looking forward to in 2020 right that's what i wanted i'm looking forward to that list too i guess i just feel like before i finally finalize it i want to see just a couple more that came out this year i don't know but maybe that won't happen we'll see we'll talk about it off air here we are not sure what we're coming out with next week but it'll be good whatever it is so stay tuned daniel where can they find us you can find us at the bar and online on twitter and instagram Movies <laughs> underscore Bruce. Finds the Clagmas Ram. We're yeah. usually there watching a Blazer game, having a couple of beers. I'm mostly just having beers, hoping somebody turns on the chive because I don't watch sports. Mm. <laughs> but you can find us online on Twitter and Instagram. Movies underscore Bruce. Let us know what you thought of Uncut Gems. Loved it. Hated it. You think Adam Sandler should make Waterboy too? Sure. Why not? Let us know. All right. Well, that completes this episode here. Of Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks for downloading share the podcast with friends that helps the show grow and we'll talk to you next time on movies and brews cheers cheers it's like yeah we're off oh shit we did this last week too you're right okay well we're back here we got to bet on something next week so what's coming what should we bet on what's coming out hmm. you know i have no clue i know it's already out but i have no clue what the, um the spies in disguise movie Oh, I don't know what that one is. Let's let's bet on Spies in Disguise. Let's bet that, on that one. That'd that Tom fun. Holland, Will Smith animated movie. Yeah. He gets turned into a pigeon? Something. Something. Something ridiculous like, like that. Like, it looks too dumb to be good. It looks like a total child movie, but maybe it is good. I know. I, I'd bet on that. Let's I'm, bet on that. I'm betting it in, like, I'm writing my score in the context of it looks like it's based more just for kids and not just for kids and adults. So critically, oh, that's our last week's score. Hey, 85%. Okay. Okay. I have no idea. Like, do they give it a pass because they know it's made for kids, so they give it a little bit of a pass? Hmm. I'm going to get it. Mm. I don't know. I wrote my score down. Okay, I wrote my score down, too. I wrote down just slightly rotten at 51%, so almost down the middle. I wrote 65. What is rotten? Is it 60%? 60 60 is the cutoff. Oh, fuck. So you're fresh, just barely fresh. Just barely fresh, 65%. Because that just seems...
low to me because that's a D. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking this one's going to be split 50-50. Some will like it. Some will get it. So Jordan up, some bet 50, 51. 51%. And I bet 65%. The actual retail price score? Let's see. I'm pulling it up right now. Spies in Disguise, starring Tom Holland and Will Smith. Okay, right now, on Rotten Tomatoes, sitting at a 91% audience score, (laughs) with 2,502 reviews. Okay. And with 88 critic reviews, it is 73% at time of recording. Really? All right. Yeah, so it's not terrible. We'll, We'll see what a week does. Dang, I really... I don't know. It just to me that just I saw the trailers. It just did not look that good to me. It looked pretty dumb. There was a butt joke in the trailer, which usually means, oh, that's you're marketing it to kids. They're like, I can see my butt in your face. I'm like, okay, so that's that. This is what the movie's gonna be. <sighs> All right. Well, we'll see what happens. All right, everybody. Well, that wraps this week up. We'll see you next time. For real this time. For real this time. We'll see you next time on Movies and Brews. Cheers. Cheers again. Again. Okay.